before we get started on today, I just wanted to remind you to please leave a rating and review on the podcast app or the iTunes app if you are using an iPhone. It really helps spread the word and it helps other people find this podcast a lot easier the more good ratings and reviews we have. So if you're a fan, please, please, please take a minute and just do that. It would be so helpful. Thank you. Hi, I'm Shelby Schlang-Berrigan, and this is Living Over Losing, unfiltered and unrestrained. Hello, and welcome back to Living Over Losing. I am your host, Shelby Schlang-Berrigan, and I am so excited today to have Laura Jackson with us. She is awesome. Laura is the founder of Fit Chicks, which is Canada's largest woman-only fitness company. She has helped over 8,000 women transform and meet their goals. She's a certified personal trainer, a culinary nutrition expert, and holistic nutritionist. She is the TV host of Shape Up with Fit Chicks on Rogers TV. She is also a fitness and nutrition contributor to national publications and TV shows such as Canadian Living Magazine, The National Post, Breakfast Television, CTV Morning Live, and has appeared on CDC's Dragon Den and The Shopping Channel. Hello, Laura. I'm so excited to have you. Your bio is so great. It's so big. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Sometimes when you say these things, I forget about them. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot I did that. (laughs) I know. It's crazy. Yeah. It's great. So I'm so excited to talk to you. We have so much to talk about. Um, Before we get into it, I guess I just want to give the listeners a little bit of your background. Um, Tell us a little bit about your story and how you got to do all these amazing things. Yeah. So I was never like sporty growing up or a thin kid, anything like that. Like fitness for me kind of actually came out of me kind of going through my own health crisis, health transformation, which I think it is for a lot of women. Um, But essentially I started off, I was, you know, I always loved nutrition. I always loved fitness. Um, I found it really interesting, but you know, throughout high school, I started developing um, emotional eating issues which then ended up branching into a full-on eating disorder. So I actually dealt with bulimia for almost 15 years, Mm -hmm. all throughout my 20s. Um, But during this time too, I started my, well, I loved fitness and nutrition, even though I was abusing it, I was educating myself in the wrong way. But my my dad said to me, you know, there's no way you're ever going to be able to make a career in that industry. Like you won't make any money. So I ended up going to school for business because I thought, well, if I go to school for business, at least it can apply to anything. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, so fast forward, I got this really awesome corporate job. I was working internationally in marketing. I was traveling a lot, but with that too, I was still struggling with this eating disorder, a ton of anxiety. Cause I'm a perfectionist, like trying to achieve, um, you know, late nights because I was working this job that w- involved a lot of socializing. So there was drinking, smoking, drugs, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And my anxiety was like through the roof. Like I literally at 28 years old, I would be having such bad panic attacks. And I'm like, I can't deal with this. Like, so um, I started turning to, I kind of hit a wall and um, I started turning more to fitness and and natural methods to kind of start to just make myself feel better. Um, So during that time too, I lived with my best friend, Amanda, who's also my business partner. Mm -hmm. And we started working out together because she was also in a super crazy corporate job. And, um, yeah, we just started working out together, but we couldn't find any programs that were like the ones that we wanted to, we were doing, we wanted to take. It was all very aerobic style at that time. This was about 10 years ago. And, um, 
so from there, we started creating our own workouts, which actually became the blueprint for Fit Chicks uh, Bootcamp, which was our very first launching into into fitness. And uh, we started teaching it with our friends. Our friends started loving it. They started coming. Next thing you know, we had more women interested in it. And then in 2008, we launched with seven women. And from wow. there, yeah, and then from there, it kind of just took off. And next thing you know, we had locations in Calgary and Ottawa and all over Toronto in the GTA. We have had some at times out east um, and in different areas. But yeah, so that was kind of how I got into fitness. But during this whole time too, it was super interesting because I was still healing myself. So even as I first started teaching boot camps, I was still in a place that was pretty dark personally. And, you know, I had this one camp that I taught for a really long time um, in Toronto in the Danforth. And it's funny, I taught them for three years and the day I stopped teaching them was bawling my eyes out, leaving them. And they, they were all upset and they're like, you know, we can't imagine go like, working with anybody else. You've been such a part of our journey. And I was moving to a different location. And, um, but then I was bawling my eyes out because I'm like, you guys don't even know how much you've helped me. Like having to show up two times a week just to even pull myself together while I was going through my own journey and I'm helping other women. It actually healed me in the process. So I'm forever indebted to those women. And I think that health, I think there's still so many things that we don't talk about that are you know, behind dark curtains and there's, you know, a lot of dark, dark areas to this industry, but there's a lot of beautiful things too that come out of it. And I think that it's better to share your struggle than it is to hold it in because I think through that we all, it gives us all permission to share our own. Um, so yeah, so that was kind of my introduction into it. And then from there, it kind of just expanded. So, um, again, for me, my, my passion's always really been in, uh, in the nutrition side more. I love fitness too, but they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up getting certified as a nutritionist. Um, and through that too, I just, we just started expanding our business into retreats and DVDs and, um, a whole bunch of other things. And eventually we got, we got so many people coming to us saying, okay, I want to work for you guys, or I love your approach. Cause it's so different. It's so holistic. It's so inclusive. It's so body positive. And we're a women's only company too. So it's a very safe place for a lot of women to share their stories. Um, so then we were like giving all this free, you know, how to instruct advice and how to get certified and all of these things. So from there we thought, well, why don't we just kind of create our own academy? So we went through the process <laughs> and from now we've created, um, it's an online certification company called Fitchix Academy. And we actually certify their fitness professionals and nutrition professionals as well as holistic health coaches. Oh, so awesome. yeah, it's been amazing. It's been a long journey, but um, throughout it all, that's kind of, that's kind of where we got to here. Sorry. I think I went on a bit there. <laughs> oh no, it's okay. I kind of want to dig even deeper into it. Um, so you said that you had been struggling and that you said that, you know, when you were helping other women, it kind of helped you too. What, what were you doing when you were struggling? Like, were you, did you, you did fitness com- competing, right? Yeah. So actually that's kind of a chunk I left out of that story. Um, so I swing, I always say I swing to both sides of the pendulum. So I, I, like I was saying, I was never sporty or thin or growing up. Um, I'm five foot 10 at my highest weight. I hit almost 200 pounds, but it wasn't even the weight that really mattered. It was just how actually like, and if you look at pictures, I do a lot when I, when I teach a lot of my students and programs, I show a lot of pictures of my past, but not being like, Oh, before and after just to really recognize too, just the 
the overall effects of what I was going through. Cause you could see it in my hair, my skin, my eyes, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, at that point when my eating disorder was the highest, then I got into fitness and nutrition. And then what happened though was because I'm one of these people who I am a perfectionist. So when I do something, I want to do it like 150%, right? right? So next thing you know, I'm diving into fitness and nutrition and I still don't have the balance though, because now I want to do everything. So I decided in 2014, I was going to do a fitness competition. And, um, you know, I'm sure you've talked about your fitness competitions a lot on the show and what that entails, the training. Um, (laughs) yeah. And so then I went kind of, so throughout this, that journey, I dieted really hard for 12 weeks. Um, you know, I also stopped getting my period. My hormones actually ended up being completely out of whack. I had to go through harsh hormonal rebalancing after I finished. Um, but I got down to that, you know, that six pack that I had somehow glorified since I was a kid in my mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, thinking that if I achieved this golden six pack, I would be so happy and complete. And then I got there and I walked on the stage in a bikini, which now looking back, I just think is absolutely kind of insane because I knew for myself, I was doing it for external validation. And also I truly believe, and I know a lot of people might have some backlash for this, but my personal opinion is that fitness competitions are for a very, very few people can emotionally or physically handle it. And I think it gives a lot of women an excuse to have a structured eating disorder because it's something that we painted as society as a good thing to, you know, eat super quote unquote clean and work out really hard and grind harder. And we kind of have painted that. Like, I remember people being like, I'm so impressed with your discipline. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why I'm breaking my body down. Like yeah. I literally have taken my, my vomiting, my binging and purging and transferred it to over exercising and under eating. Like that's mm-hmm. so, that's so, then, so, yeah, that's like so similar to my story too. the, from the transfer from one to the other. Yeah. And it's so, you know, but when you're in the midst of it and you're just, you know, it's, to wake up every single day and literally your entire day is based around what you eat, what you, how much you exercise and what your body looks like. That is not healthy for anybody, no matter what type of person you are. Like you Mm -hmm. need balance in your life. You need other stimulation. You need to live. Um, so yeah, so I just found, so for me, that's where I kind of swung really hard to the other place. So then I kind of had to, again, go back to doing personal work to get to that middle ground. And that's where I am now where I'm at, a very happy place with my weight, with my body shape. I know what I need to do that makes me thrive. I'm, I'm so in tune with myself that I know if I need sleep or if I need more vitamin C or if I need, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, but that took a long time for me to get there. Um, it definitely didn't happen overnight and it took a lot of trial and error on my part, but I just, yeah, I know that for me, I feel like I was kind of given all of these struggles because I'm, I'm supposed to be doing the work that I'm doing in the world and whatever those hardships were for me, I know by sharing them, I can help somebody else who might be going through the same thing and feeling like they have, like something's not right, but they don't know what that is. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I can definitely identify with that. And it's, you know, I think about it sometimes and I'm like, oh, that I wasted so many years of waking up and only thinking about what am I going to eat and only structuring my day around food. But I think it is true that you can find a silver lining because without that struggle, we wouldn't know what we know today. And also, I think it helped me know myself so much better because I had to, I was forced to basically like learn about myself to recover. Exactly. And you know, you even think about like, you wouldn't be on the, like doing this podcast today if, if this hadn't happened, you know, like, right. 
it's always like life has a weird way of pushing you in the way you're supposed to go. And I don't know. I just think that I think it's just, it's hard sometimes to get really honest with yourself about your health, about your mindset, about what's going on. And I find as women, like, I'm not sure how old you are, if you don't mind me asking. 27. <laughs> okay. Oh, yes. You mentioned that to me before. You're 27. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm now 38. Like, I'm turning 39 this year. So this has been, like, a long journey for me. Mm-hmm. But I find, like, in your 20s, it's so hard because you're trying to figure out who you are as a woman, not to mention all the things with your body. And Mm -hmm. it's not just in your twenties, this happens at you. But for me, it was probably not until around the time I was like 34 or 35 that I really was like, kind of connected my heart and my head and my body all as one. Cause I literally was treating them like different things. Like food was my, my enemy exercise was my punishment. And I still could not like even in my head when I knew it was different, I knew that didn't, that wasn't the truth still in my heart, that's what I felt. So I would be, you know what I mean? Like speaking these things and I'd still feel a little bit of untruth around it. So I really, really dove into a lot more to do with holistic health, how the body really works and understanding how incredible your body is. I just have a different respect for it now. Yeah. So I want to get into that a little bit more. So how did you, like, what were some of the things that you did to get from the place that you were on stage with the six pack, not happy, realizing, okay, something has to change to this more like holistic approach to actually feeling your body and being in tune with your body? Well, the first thing was I had to write like, because it really triggered my eating disorder again, excuse me. So like after, because again, as soon as I stopped and then I was so used to being structured, I went, which like most, like, well, not most, a lot of fitness competitors do, especially their first competition is they go wild because in your mind you've had these good and bad foods, like labeling them good and bad. And then as soon as you're done the competition, it's like, oh my God, I, I'm allowed to have these, even though you were allowed to have them the whole time. But, and so I ended up going through, I had a really bad relationship again with food, like binging and then like feeling terrible about myself and just, you know, and again, I, I didn't know that, that a lot was to do with what was happening with my hormones, but I surround myself with a very diverse, strong group of women. Um, and I just, I don't know. I got very deep in a world that wasn't standing for what I truly believe in. So for me, like by again, surrounding myself by my closer friends, because I was around people who were so immersed with like the outsides, they didn't care at what cost to their insides that like what it would take to get there. And then it rubs off on you. And that's why I'm such a huge believer too. And you have to surround yourself with the right people. Like you and I were talking before this started about the podcast you listen to and the social media you consume. Like even that you have to be aware of what you're looking at, what podcast you're listening to. Cause these are things that like, they literally will change the way you think and you don't even know it at the time. Like you start. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was just like really kind of cleaning up. I deleted all the like fitness competitors I was following, like you know, I feel fluffy and all the things that everyone says in that, yeah, in that genre. I deleted them all because I just, and I just started following more people who are more about body positivity and just, I don't know. I just kind of, again, went back to, for me, I always think education is like the best thing ever. So I just went back to like my roots, which is I'm constantly studying and constantly learning. And I just went, um, I signed up for my holistic nutrition course and it was a lot of stuff I already knew, but I just dove into it in a different way. And People who are into holistic health, because they look at the body as a whole, they look at the mind, the body, the spirit, it 
it's very normal to have like emotional breakdowns when you're talking to them or, you know what I mean? So I was just, I just chose, I just decided I was tired of living like that. And then I just really immersed myself in that community and I really immersed myself in my work again. And it's weird when I even look at my business, like the way things kind of flow and change and how Amanda and myself, we both have different struggles, how we've grown throughout it. But I just think it was definitely by educating I, I had to make that choice. Like you don't just wake up one day and be like, I have positive body image or I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's what I always tell my students too. Like it's a journey and it truly is like, it's work. It's a practice you have to do. You have to practice it every day, but yeah. And I just, I just kept taking action towards the things that I wanted to do. And you know, even still now I still have some days where I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't feel good or like, should I be a fitness professional? And I'm like, no, it's bullshit. Like, yeah. And I just kind of have to let it like, let it go. Yeah. I think that's something too, that like it, those negative thoughts, it's not like you're never going to have a negative thought again about yourself. Um, and that's why with this like body positive body love movement that it's great. But like you said, it's a practice. It's not just waking up and taking a photo and saying, I love myself because you know, unless you really believe it, unless you're practicing that and just feeling your body and feeling your yourself, you know what I mean? Just and being connected to yourself. Um, you, it's, it just won't happen. Well, yeah. And rewiring negative thoughts, it's, it's a process. Like it actually is a proven neurological like remap that has to happen because there are certain things like, and I read this article once. I thought it was so interesting. So I was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense to me. Like I'm a super nerd, but I'm like, <laughs> but I was reading this article. Like I always have these aha moments. I'm like, but it was just talking about how like primally human beings, like we are built to avoid threats, right? Mm-hmm. So like we're like in the olden days, we were built to be on high alert in case like a tiger came along and tried to eat us or whatever happened. And, but that's the way we still are now. Like we're constantly looking for ways to survive. So we're like, we look out, you know, should I eat that food? It looks rotten. Or should I date that guy? He's, you know, he seems kind of shady or whatever it is that keeps us like surviving. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for us to constantly think about the positivity and the gratitude because the thing is we're actually built to be looking for the bad stuff to avoid it. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense to me. Cause I was like, Cause I'm, a, I'm, I'm a generally positive person. And then when I get down, I get down on myself about being down and I'm like, you know, why should you know better? And then I'm like, well, wait a second. Like, it's just, it's just a thought pattern. Like I can still, you know, move it, but I'm like, I am kind of just built this way though too. Like there's parts of you that are built, you know, you're built to look at right. Work. And it's, it's, yeah, it's almost like you have to recognize that. And instead of trying to change it because you can't change it, you just have to accept it and learn different ways to to deal with it or rewire it, like you said. And I think that's so interesting because I also read an article too once about, I love reading this stuff. I literally do. <laughs> I, a, girl, a girl after my heart. Yes. I read once about how also like in the primal times, women um, had to almost, there's like something that they had to be liked. They had to be accepted in the tribe to survive. So I think that that's evolved too into like this need to be wanted and loved and accepted. And that makes everything so much harder because of course the easiest outlet you think to do that is to change your body so that people will accept you and praise you and like you. But in the end, that doesn't really, it's, it's not doing what you're, what you're trying to do. You're not actually making people like you because of your body or you're not liking yourself just because of your body. 
Exactly. And then, and you always have to remember too, like, no matter what, there's going to be people out there who don't like you because look at how many fitness competitors are out there and then they get told they're too skinny. And I don't know about you, but like, even for me, when I was going through that process, I was being body shamed during the time too, even by family members being like, you know, you look too skinny, you look gross, you don't look healthy, mm-hmm. you don't look this. And I'm like, okay, whether you're telling me I look too skinny or too fat, you're still making a comment on my body, which has nothing to do with you. And, and there's a different way of going about it. You know what I mean? Like obviously being concerned for someone's health is one thing, but I, like, I always like to say my body, my business, like, and of course you want to make sure that if you see somebody you love going through something dark or going, you know, if you think something's off, then definitely address it. But it's just a lot of this body shaming, whether it's fat shaming, fit shaming, you know, there's just, there's shaming on all sides and everyone just needs to stop because it's still just as bad to tell somebody they're too skinny as it is to tell somebody they're too fat. Yeah. And actually, so I did a podcast, I think two, two times, two podcasts ago, I did my own story and that was part of my own story because when I was growing up, I grew up like really quickly. So I grew really tall, really fast. And I remember my, all of my eating issues actually started because people told me that I was grossly skinny. And so I thought, okay, well now I have to eat so much to gain weight. Like that's, you know, I just, I mean, I'm like 13 years old and I equivalent, I, I say, okay, if I want to gain weight, I have to eat. So I would eat, eat, eat. And then that kind of like eventually led into binge eating. And then when like my body caught up to me, I started gaining weight. And so then it was, yeah, I mean, it, I think that you can damage, you can do damage from any, from any side. And it's just, it's just, I think the conversation about bodies, I love how there is obviously body positivity and things like that, but like, there's still so much conversations about someone's body. Right. we're not talking about what they can do or what they can contribute or, you know, all these things about the person as a whole is just as like, this is like, your body's just your shell that carries you around, whether it's a right. big body or a small body or a fat body or a skinny body, like it's just a body. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> when, I, when I first started this whole process, I think I was really into like the body positive posts and the posts where like, you know, girls show that they have rolls or cellulite or whatever. And that's good because I think you know, with social media, so many things are altered that you can't see what someone actually looks like. So it gives these like false, uh, false ways that you, false things that you're trying to go after that don't really exist. For false sure. Body types. Um, but yeah, but now I'm just like, you know, why, like who cares about our body that like we, I mean, we should care about our health, but like, why, why does everyone in this whole society put so much emphasis on the way that we look. I know. And I, I mean, I think a lot of it obviously has to do with marketing and we do live in a capitalist society. So people want to make money. And that's always something we've struggled with in our businesses because from day one, Amanda and I were like, we never want to market to women's insecurities. So whereas like all the gyms were putting up pictures of girls in crop tops and six pack abs being like, you know, 10 pounds, 10 days, blah, blah, blah. We were like, how do we still get across our message without having to like show that? And then the other thing I also don't like is the constant like real women campaign. Because I was, I was just like, well, a real woman is any type of woman, even if she has like fake boobs or if she has, you know, you're still a real woman. If just right. because you've chosen different things for your body or I just find there's a lot of judgment and I find that there's a lot of, I think there's judgment from every side, like, every side. Even, and, it, and then it's frustrating. Cause it's like, I don't want, you know, not necessarily me, but in general, if someone doesn't want to be judged and like, you're, you're going to be judged by someone, no matter what, you know, it's not, 
you want to be body positive, but then other people are going to say this and then other people are going to say that. And then the, you know, it's just like, can we just stop? <laughs> like, can we talk about something else? And, oh, I know, but that's why it's good. And it, it can be and like, and I talk to my students a lot about this. It can be a very, like it's the best industry I think in the world to work in because you have the opportunity to truly transform someone's life and actually save their life. Like if you can give somebody the, the tools, the motivation, the coaching to actually take, you know, eat well and move their bodies and they stick to it for the long haul, that's preventative medicine at its best. You know what I mean? Like that's someone who can avoid heart attack, stroke, diabetes, all these things that are killing our society. But at the same time, it's this amazing industry. It can be emotionally really frustrating as a coach because you're trying, you know, you're trying to balance it all and have this voice in this industry. And then it, it does really like eat at you. And then when you see a lot of young girls, like I have nieces, I don't have kids, but I have identical twin nieces who are 10 years old and they're growing up in this area of social media. And while I love the fact that there's, you know, I love so many things about media, social media, technology, and all these things it scares the crap out of me. Cause I'm like, they have access to so much mm-hmm. and they're inundated by so many images. But the only thing I do think that's really good about that is that now there is a different platform to show so many different races, ages, sizes, body types, as opposed to when it was just like the marketing, like the magazines. Yeah. Then we were so limited to like one type of body type. Oh yeah. I think there's definitely positive social media. And that's what that, like you mentioned this before too, that's something I had to do was anything like I had to take myself out of the world that I was in and put myself into more of like a diverse world because I, I don't know, like I, I used to hear people on Instagram say like, follow someone that you want to look like, but you know, is that really positive? Because are you really going to look like someone else? I mean, no matter what you do, you're not going to be them. So I think the best thing is to follow people of all different shapes and sizes yeah, and just sure. appreciate everyone because then it's not, it's not like, well, this body is good and this body is bad, regardless of, you know, which way you're going. So how do you separate your business from like these typical fitness businesses, not even necessarily bodybuilding or bikini competitions, but how, how do you work with your clients? You said you don't like to promote quick fixes or lose 10 pounds in 10 days. So what, what separates you from those other companies? Well, I think because we truly take a holistic approach and we always have, like we truly, when, even in our boot camps, there's a huge element of not only the fitness, but there's a huge element of nutrition. There's a huge element of self-care and mindset, um, body positivity, chick power, you know, like all the things that go into being healthy. Um, and I think like, I think it's different in different levels of our business. Cause the one way we're trying to make the most impact right now is through our academy because we really want to certify and create more holistic fitness professionals who are, who are understanding this. You know, we just actually had one of our grads, she was Miss Plus Size Canada and she has been, um, she also power lifts. So she is, you know, a bigger girl, but she, and she's so strong and she's Mm -hmm. so knowledgeable and she's so motivating. And she launched her own business for, um, for other plus size women, but it it wasn't like, Oh, this is my target. She just wanted to create, you know, body positive classes where like we work out hard and, but it's, you know, it's obviously all sizes welcome. And it's a very like open space and she's the instructor. Whereas like, you know, there's still that whole idea that to be an instructor, you have to look a certain way, which aesthetics has nothing to do with health. Mm -hmm. Um, again, knowing, you know, standing up there with my six pack, 
at, I was 140 pounds and for my body shape, that's small. Mm -hmm. Um, I was still like a size zero or a size two at that. And, and I'm five foot 10 as well. So, oh wow. Yeah. That for me was small. And, um, and I was, I was very unhealthy at that weight and I was very unhealthy when I was 200 pounds. So it's aesthetics has nothing to do with health, but, um, but yeah, so for me, I'm the way I'm really trying to set to make my mark in this industry and set it apart is to create more holistic fitness professionals, educate more on holistic health and get that message out there more because when you can impact women and they can actually teach that in their own communities and teach that to their families, which then feeds into their kids, that's when the ripple effect really happens. Right. And it's hard and it's not an overnight thing. And I used to get, you know, really upset if I had a client who I couldn't, I couldn't transform or I couldn't, you know, get them to shift into this way. But then I, you know, I take a step back and remember how long it took me to so it's not an overnight process, but yeah, that's where I, for me, it's through the podcast. It's through, um, it's through my students. It's through where we want to build our academy into. And eventually like we still have a lot of online clients and we still have our boot camps. but I don't teach boot camps anymore. My main focus is mostly on our academy. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah so how would you say, like, do you work with all different types of clients? Like are some of, do some of your clients maybe they come in struggling with eating disorder behaviors or fitness addiction or, you know, what, what have you, um, how, like, how would you say that their overall lives change mentally and physically from the start of them starting the program towards the end? Like, are they able to, do you find that it is possible for most people to break free of like this diet culture society? I think it's possible. I do think it's still challenging. Mm -hmm. And I think the only way I feel like we, I like, like I was saying about our Academy, that's where I see the major shifts, but these women are also immersed in learning about this for 12 weeks or eight weeks. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just like, okay, I work out two or three times a week. Um, and it's also really hard because a lot of our clientele too is older. So not older, like they're not old, but they're like, you know, they're not 19 year old girls. We cater mostly to women in their thirties, forties, early Mm fifties. So these are women too, who a lot of them have had a set of beliefs ingrained in them, um, for a long time or have struggled with their weight for such a long time. So there's a lot of different, you know, it's, it depends on where you're kind of coming from and what experience you've had in your life already to that point. I do think it's possible because I do see, I see women who are just, they're exhausted. We're exhausted of like, Mm -hmm. you know, the idea of waking up and loving your body the way it is, it like, doesn't that sound like paradise, you know, (laughs) like, yeah, like, like moving to like eating good food to fuel your body, not to dull the pain or not for boredom or not because, you know, you're, you have food addictions or like moving your body because you want to be strong and you like the endorphins and like things like that as opposed to like, I got to the gym because I ate crappy this weekend and I need to, you know what I mean? Like I know. Yeah. Changing the intention. Exactly. So I see that there is this and I've seen like, I don't know about you, but I feel like there's this major shift right now in the entire world when it comes to women in all aspects, like we're really finding our voice and we're really kind of, we're standing up and saying like, I'm fed up of being put into this box of what I'm supposed to be. And like that through all that comes, there's going to be like a crack, you know, it's going to open up a whole new way of thinking, a whole new way of doing it. And we're already seeing that now. Um, but of course, you know, that also opens up when you get one side, it brings a lot more from the other side. So I do think we're still going to see a lot of these waist trainers and all of these other crazy things. Um, 
but I do think that there's a lot, a lot of good that's going to happen. Yeah, I do too. I feel like, you know, and I'm not sure if it's just because I've changed my, my mindset and my, the, who I, you know, the people that I listen to and the, the stuff that I read, but I think that it is shifting and I totally agree with like the women, just the women movement. Like it's in every way, you know, whether it's this or whether it's the sexual abuse or anything, it's just, I think it's a good, it's a time for, for change. And so it's really, it's exciting, but it's scary (laughs) because like you said, it's going to take a lot. It's not going to happen overnight. Totally. And I mean, everyone just has to realize though, we all struggle with the same emotions. We all have the same feelings and everything in life where whatever it is that you're battling with, whether it be body image or alcoholism or drug addiction, or it all stems from the fear of not being good enough. Right. And you know, you see that in six-year-olds looking for approval and you see it in 60-year-olds looking for approval. You know, like we're, we're still looking for somebody else to give us permission to love ourselves, to give us permission to live our best lives or to go after our dreams or whatever that is for you. And it's like, if we all just realize, like, that's one thing too, that I kind of got over my fear. Cause people always ask me in my business, like, oh my God, you've done so many things. And like, you know, where have you always been this confident and driven? I'm like, no, (laughs) and I still am not. I still am not. I just go after it because my mindset is like the worst thing that can happen is that they'll say no and it doesn't work out. And the other thing I do is I always remind myself that the person I'm talking to has the exact same fears at their core that I have. And that is that they're not going to be liked. They're not. And it all stems from feeling not good enough. I'm not good enough to be loved. I'm not good enough that my body's not good enough. My mindset's not good enough. My, you know, so I try to remember that because then it makes me feel like I'm on more of an equal playing field. Like there's not somebody who I'm like, Oh my God, they're so much better than me because they have this important job or whatever. Right. Because what I found is even people that you think are, Oh, they're so much better than me. They have all this, like they're still struggling with the same things. Everyone is struggling with the same thing. So yeah. And just, and also what I have definitely learned from all this is trying to get that external validation from someone else saying like, you are good. You did this well, you look good, you know, whatever it, it never is enough to make you actually feel good about yourself. No. But on the flip side, like when you do feel good about yourself and you do all this work and you do, you know, all this, whatever, whatever work that you do, spirituality or however you get there, then it's like, you don't listen to the bad as much anymore because I used to listen to things that people said bad about me. So much. Like it was terrible. If someone said something bad about me, I believed it right away. Um, and oh, me too. And now it's like, well, I don't think that's true because I, you know, I don't believe that. So it, it, it is like, it is, it is very different. Oh yeah. Like I remember growing up and you know, out of all of the guys who told me I was beautiful, I still remember this one guy when I lived out West and he said to my friend, Oh, well, Laura's got a pretty face, but she's pretty fat. And my friend told me this because she's like, you know, I don't like people talking about your back and I want to tell you this. And I was devastated. Oh, yeah. So till this day, I can remember exactly the moment she told me. I can remember what he looks like, but I can't even remember, you know, like a hundred different people who had told me I was beautiful or smart or over the period of my life to that point, you know, like. It's so crazy. I think about that all the time. I think about why do we only remember the bad things? But I think, again, it's because we're like looking for other people to tell us what we are. And if we hear something bad, we're like, Oh no, we're bad. I'm bad. So you really have to have like a strong sense of knowing yourself and 
and appreciating yourself to, to combat that, I think. Well, and I think a lot of that, like I was saying, like earlier, I do think a lot of that comes with age and I do think, and not even, it doesn't, it's not age as a number more, I guess, life experience, I should say, not age. Mm -hmm. It's more life experience. Cause if that guy said that to me now, I'd be like, you're a loser. Beat it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, I would be, cause I'd be like, what is, what is so negative in your life that you would have to put somebody else down? That's so like, I feel sorry for you. I feel empathy for you because there's something in your life that's dark that makes you have to act that way to other people. Like, and that's how I kind of take negativity because it's like, obviously there's something that's hurting in them that they're trying to put it onto you. Right. But as I was saying earlier too, that's why I do think it's so important. And of course, like, like with our podcast too, I always like to talk about like strategies, right? Like talking about the issue, but trying to give people like strategies that they can actually use to, to feel better. And I always, like when I was saying earlier about surrounding yourself with like-minded people or positive people. And that, if you don't have that, I think one of the biggest struggles is not having it in your immediate friends or family. A lot of people are in partnerships. It's something I see all the time with my clients, um, where their partners aren't healthy or aren't willing to change or they're negative or, you know, and it doesn't mean you have to leave your partners or disown your family. But as you're going through your transformation, I just always think don't just talk to people, only talk to people about your transformation that will speak your language and get where you're coming from. Um, and I do this still to this day, like I'm engaged and there's things I don't talk to my fiance about because we just think differently on it. And mm -hmm. you know, like I, so for me, it's a conversation that like when I'm engaging or for example, when I'm engaging in stepping into like a big business leap of faith and I don't know what's going to happen and maybe it costs a lot of money. There's certain people who I know who would tell me no, because I'll be like, that's really expensive. And then you're like, uh, should I do it? And I'm like, no, I want to talk to people who are, who think in the way of possibility, you know, like, mm -hmm. so it's not in a way of saying it. Like I would talk to people that are telling me what I want to hear, but it's yeah. just, yes. If you know, somebody's a negative person or they're, you know, like people have their toxic friends who maybe they're overweight and say like, no, you know, like, let's just have treat night. We've been good all week. You know, like maybe if you're embarking on your health journey, you don't need to tell everybody about it. Just kind of do your thing. But if you don't have that in your group, there's so many groups now like online that you can join. There's so many podcasts you can listen to that really talk about these topics. One thing I'm still big on is reading. Like I read mm -hmm. self-help, self-help books, like a junkie. <laughs> but, Me too. Yeah. But the thing is, is that you don't, when it comes to transforming your life, it doesn't happen overnight, but there will be a moment where you literally have been consuming this stuff for so long. And then you're like, why do I read all this stuff? And then like, something negative will happen in your life or maybe a, like, you know, being, having a podcast and being out there, maybe someone will say something negative, like, Oh, you don't look fit enough to be a fitness professional. And it stings you for a second, but then you realize that you've built up that muscle of self-love because it doesn't affect you the way it used to. And that comes from all the work you put in. It doesn't happen overnight, but just keep reading the books. Keep Right. Right. Keep, keep, keep listening to the podcast. Keep doing it. I agree. Yeah. And it's almost like a never ending. It's not like, it's not, there's never really like an end point where it's like, all right, I've done all this and now I'm done. It's kind of something you have to keep doing, keep reading, keep surrounding yourself with, you know, like-minded people, keep listening to these podcasts. And eventually, yeah, like you said, it, it's, it's exciting when that happens, not to say it's exciting when something bad happens, but to be like, oh, uh, like three years ago, I would have let this negative comment ruin my entire week. Yeah. But today I'm able to say, okay, you know, that is what they think and whatever, you know, maybe like it did hurt for a second the first time I heard it, but I, I was able to let it go and it doesn't, it doesn't ruin my week. 
Exactly. And I mean, it's like fitness and nutrition. It's not a stop and start. You know, people want the, the secret program or they want the key to, to weight loss or the key to long-term results. In all reality, you can't just do it once and never do it again. You know, like it's a long-term game. It's like entrepreneurship. They want to build a business. They only want to do work in one second. They don't want to do it again. It's a long-term game. And that's the same with self-love. And you have to embrace it. It has to be a part of your life. It has to be a part of who you are for it to, because then it doesn't feel like work anymore. But mm-hmm. that's where it's got it. Everyone just has to get out of the quick fix mentality. There's no such thing for, for yeah. anything in life. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Oh, all right. Awesome. Well, we have covered so much. I had, had some more stuff to ask you, but I think we kind of went all around and pretty much covered most of it. Sorry, um, I'm, a, I'm a talker. I know. I'm no, 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 no. It's perfect. <laughs> this is why you're great for podcasts. Um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I guess I will, the last question that I like to ask is if you could put into like a couple words, a couple sentences, how you felt when you were at the, like at your lowest point, um, to where you feel now, how would you, how would you differentiate those between then and now? Oh God. Yeah. Well, I remember when I remember I was at a workshop once and this is when I was in the midst of my eating disorder, I was very like, my anxiety was so high and I was doing this workshop and the person presenting was talking about, uh, talking about an author. And I still can't remember this author's name, but she, she gave this quote. She said, I became the woman I needed the most. And I started bawling. Like it triggered me and I had to leave. And that statement though has always stayed with me because I feel like with then versus now, I feel like I have become the woman I needed, I needed the most. Mm-hmm. And that is essentially what I want to give back to whoever I can. So, you know, even though I'm on this journey, my own personal journey, I also think that we're all on this collective journey and that we owe it to each other to, to really share and support and, you know, keep it positive, even if it's in the smallest way. But yeah, that would be kind of how I would sum up my then versus now. I've, I think I've become the woman I needed the most. Yeah, that's so powerful. <laughs> that's awesome. Do you have any favorite resources that you use during recovery? Um, I know BitChicks is a huge resource, um, but outside of that, is it, do you ever recommend, like, do you have a book that was, like, key for you or anything like that that you can remember that you would suggest? Um, I don't have any that are specific necessarily to, like, eating issues because I realized that, like, the eating was a symptom and the right. body image, it was a symptom of other things that were going on inside of me. Right. So a lot of stuff that I really got into was yoga. Um, and I'm not a yogi by any means, but during that time, that really helped me too. Uh-huh. But also, I love the book, and it only came out a couple of years ago. It's called You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. Oh, I read that. That's so good. And it's such a light, accessible read. And for someone, you know, because I know a lot in the self-help world, a lot of it kind of comes across as woo woo and people are like, Oh, it's so cheesy or it's so this, you know, and there's different writers who write in different ways, but I love that book because I found it just really real and such an easy read. And like, I totally believe in manifestation and positive thinking, um, and all that stuff. So I love her book. She's got two of them. Um, yeah. And I think you can relate that book to really anyone, you know, whether you're, 
have an eating issues or not, that is a book for everyone to read. <laughs> yeah. Like whether, yeah, exactly. Like whether it be like something to do with your body image, whether it do with eating, whether it be with just, you're not living the life you want to live right now, you're not working the job you want to like, whatever those things are, it just starts to kind of peel back those layers. Um, I also, I also, I don't know. I just really love, I really love a lot of mindset, but I love Marie Forleo. She more, she more talks about business, but she has such a spiritual side. I love Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And other than that, I, I listen to mostly mindset podcasts, mindset, mm-hmm. um, and a lot to do with entrepreneurship, but I also take those lessons and apply them to other things. So, right. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you. And the last question that I want to ask is how can the listeners stay in touch with you? So, you know, your social media website, all that. Yeah. So, um, we also have a podcast, so you can check us out at it's fit chicks chat and it's on iTunes, Google play, Stitcher, all those. Um, it's also available off all of our podcasts are available off of, um, our website. So we have fitchicksacademy.com. And if you click on the podcast tab, you can read all, we've had a ton of guest interviews, um, as well as Amanda and I discuss topics to fitness, nutrition, wellness, business. Uh, we also have some upcoming certification programs. So we have our holistic nutrition weight loss expert program starting this month. And, uh, we constantly have things going with our fitness and nutrition expert program too. So that would be website. And then, um, on Instagram, it's always at Fitchix Academy, Facebook at Fitchix Academy programs. And then other than that, any questions at all directly you have for me, you can always email me at info at Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much. I'll link all that in the notes because that was, <laughs> that's a lot. So I'll link it all in the notes. Um, but yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm, your, your certification program sound really, really interesting. Yeah, honestly, you would love it. Yeah, but thank you again so much for having you. It was so great to talk to you and just to get your story and your inspiration. And, you know, thank you for everything that you're doing. Cause I think it's so amazing that you're trying to pass this message on to other people that will be training and teaching, teaching others. It's just, it's, it's great. So thank you. No. And thank you for having me. It was awesome. <laughs>